Hey, hey, welcome back to one of the top 100,000 Bible reading podcasts. I have no idea how many there are. I just made that number up. But it's it's probably true, and I'm glad you've chosen this one to listen to right now. I am Dan Parr, your Bible reading friend, and today we are going through Acts chapter 9. So if you have your Bible handy, you can turn there now. If you need a Bible, you can order my easy to understand and read or EUR Bible from Amazon. Today, Saul sees the light, gets on straight street, and has his eyes opened, all literally. Now the hunter finds himself hunted. And there's another raising of the dead, this time by Peter. What does this mean for the believers? Let's ask God's blessing and find out. Jesus, as we take time to read your word, open our eyes like you did Saul's so that we can clearly see you. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Acts 9. But Saul, still breathing threats and slaughtering the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, that if he found any who were believers of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them in chains to Jerusalem. As he traveled and got close to Damascus, suddenly a brilliant light from the sky shined around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He said, Who are you, Lord? The Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Now rise up and go into the city, then you will be told what you must do. The men who traveled with him stood speechless, hearing the sound, but seeing no one. When Saul got up from the ground and opened his eyes, he could see no one, for he was now blind. Those with led him by the hand into Damascus. He was without sight for three days and didn't eat or drink anything. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, he replied, Yes, I am here, Lord. The Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street named Straight, and ask at the house of Judah for a man named Saul, a man from Tarsus. For look, he is praying, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming and laying his hands on him, so he will receive his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many people about this man, how much evil he did to your saints at Jerusalem. Here he has the authority from the chief priests to imprison all who believe in Jesus. But the Lord said to him, Go your way, for he is the one whom I have chosen to bear my name before the nations and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Ananias went and entered into the house. Laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me so that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he received his sight back. He got up and was baptized. He ate some food and was strengthened. Saul stayed several days with the disciples who were at Damascus. Then immediately he went to the synagogues and proclaimed Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Son of God. All who heard him were amazed and said, Isn't this the one who in Jerusalem persecuted those who called on this name? And didn't he come here to bring them in chains before the chief priests? But Saul increased more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived at Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. After several days, the Jews there agreed to kill him. But their plot became known to Saul. These Jews watched the city gates both day and night so that they could kill him. But the disciples took him by night and lowered him down in a basket outside the city through an opening in the wall. When Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples there. But they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. And he told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way, 
and that he had spoken to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. He went with them, and entering into Jerusalem, he preached boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus. He spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, so they sought to kill him. When the believers found out about it, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the believers throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace, and were built up in their faith. Their numbers increased, walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. As Peter went throughout all those parts, he came down to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and make your bed. Immediately he got up. All who lived at Lydda and in Sharon saw him, and they put their faith in Jesus. Now there was at Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which when translated means Dorcas. This woman always performed good works and acted with love and kindness to all. During this time she became sick and died. When they prepared her body for burial, they laid her in an upper room. As Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, begging him to come with them right away. Peter got up and went. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. All the widows stood by him weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and raised her up. He called the saints and widows back in and presented her alive. This became known throughout all Joppa, and many put their faith in Jesus. He stayed many days in Joppa with a tanner named Simon. So in this chapter, one of the things that I'm reminded of is something my pastor says quite frequently. God won't show you the next thing to do until you do the first thing he's told you to do. Saul just had his world turned upside down. He had been out rounding up and persecuting every Christian he could find. Then all of a sudden, he sees this bright light and hears from Jesus that he is seriously off track and needs to get straightened out in his beliefs. But after he hears that, God doesn't give him a five-step plan on what to do next. He only gets told to get up and go into the city, and then he'll be told what to do. There's no other instruction at this point other than to go and wait. And I think that's probably a little bit of punishment right there. As a kid, I can remember before being punished, my dad would sometimes say to me, go wait for me in the back of the house. Oh man, that was, that was something worse than the actual punishment because you don't know what's going to happen. Or if you do know what, then you've got all this anticipation building up inside of you waiting for it to happen. And it can just fill you with dread. So I wonder if Paul had anything like that going on. And he might have. It says he didn't eat for three days. I mean, he just realized that he was living his life against God when he thought he was living for God. So I'm sure he was doing some soul searching, thinking, how could I have gotten this so wrong? So right after this, the focus turns to a man named Ananias, who, for all we know, was a devout believer. And when God tells him to do something that is seemingly like a suicide mission, he doesn't say no, but he does question pretty hard what he's heard and knows about Saul. But to his credit, even though he was probably fearful, he trusted God enough to do what he was told. And there's a great example for us to follow. At some point in our life, we may be told to do something that seems like it's a serious mistake from our perspective. When that happens, we can go to the Lord and lay it out before him saying, here's what I know, Lord. And then let God confirm his instruction 
There's nothing wrong with saying, hey, I'm not sure about this. Can you confirm I'm hearing you correctly? Which is, in essence, what Ananias did. And the Lord responded. So Ananias obeys. Saul gets his sight, spends a few days getting his thinking corrected, and then starts preaching about the one whose followers he had been persecuting. A complete reversal of his beliefs and actions. And by that, we see his repentance. To repent means to turn away from sin, which is what happened in his life after this Damascus Road experience with Jesus. And that's common for all of us who follow Jesus. We have a meeting with him, recognize we're living our lives wrong out of his will, then accept his forgiveness and start living for him, just like Saul did at this point. And the other thing I found interesting about this chapter is the term get up or rise up. It's used three times in this chapter alone. First, Jesus tells Saul to rise up and wait for instruction. Peter tells a paralyzed man to get up and walk. Then later, Peter tells a dead woman to get up and she lives. So in just those three encounters, the word is seemingly saying, get up, it's time for action, get understanding of who Jesus is. Then get up, what has been broken your whole life is going to work now. And finally, get up, your body may be as good as dead, but Jesus brings life back and he makes you live again. And that's literally, physically speaking, in Tabitha's life. So understand, walk, live, which is a pretty good way to live our lives in Christ. Let's pray. Father, help us to do the same things we read in this chapter. Repent like Saul. Obey like Ananias. Tell others about you, which is repeated in the get up stories we just read. Understand, walk, live. Thank you that you can turn the most evil, wrong person around to where they live and burn bright for you. Thank you that because of you, we can walk even when we feel paralyzed. And thank you that our old lives are dead and we are alive again in you. May our every action and thought bring you glory and expand your kingdom, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, another powerful lesson from Jesus, the Lord of the storm himself. If you feel the Lord is laying something on your heart to do right now, I just encourage you to pray about it and seek clarification. And once you have that, do the next steps he's told you and trust him with the results and any other steps that he'll ask you to take. Thanks for listening today. God bless.